Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast proud members of the drive-in podcast network i am your host matthew bruning you can find me at sports fanatic mb on twitter you can find my co-host for today mr dennis bennett at culture underscore coach and mr matthew fox at nighthawk 7734 you can find us on the MusicCityDriveIn.com website with a ton of our other great podcast uh, associates here who are part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Definitely check it out. We've got movies, uh, pop culture, music, and fantasy stuff on there. It's a great website uh, with a ton of great podcasts as well. Uh, they probably have something for each one of your tastes, so definitely check it out. Uh, it's a fun network to be a part of. We're really enjoying it. For today's episode, uh, going to be honest with you guys... Both Matt and Dennis had some serious storms rolling through their area, so uh, we lost them through and throughout. It's going to be a pretty shit-tastic episode, as we will mention multiple times. Just kept losing connection here and there. Uh, had a lot of fun with it, uh, but it's it's definitely not one of our best shows, if we're being honest with you guys, uh, just, just due to the loss of connection here and there with them. Uh, outside of that, though, we, we will be talking about the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans as we continue our AFC previews. Almost done. Uh, just got two teams left in the AFC South and the AFC North, and we will be almost ready for the 2020 season. So can't wait to continue talking with this stuff with you guys. And thank you for, for tuning in and enjoy the episode. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 
shit going on. Oh, great. That's a great way to start the podcast, too. All right, everybody. It's Monday, and I do have way too much shit going on right now. Uh, we've got Dennis and Matt. With today, we're going to be talking AFC South preview. We've got the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans on the docket for today. How are we doing today, gentlemen? I am outstanding. Looking forward to talking about the uh, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, David Johnson. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a way to start. Houston Houston fans, you know, if they weren't sad before, they're even sadder now. Uh, it's uh, been going pretty good here today. It was uh, surprisingly we got socked in with clouds, so it uh, didn't even get out of the 60s until uh, 3 or so o'clock. So that's been kind of nice. But it was, uh, it was raining on the inside uh, when we found out that Denver's right tackle opted out because – that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, Juwan James. Yeah, offensive line, not the strength of our team. Right. So, uh, you don't really want to lose one of those starters. Yeah, I'll be interested well, to see if don't anybody Don't you have else. Garrett Bowles? Uh, yeah, we have Garrett Bowles. Uh, <laughs> and the guy that was supposed to be competing with Garrett Bowles for starting left tackle started the season on Pup and now is uh, probably going to be the right tackle. And they were talking about – uh, having to go find somebody, maybe Jared Valdir gets brought back in. I don't know. They put a little bit of a damper, but we'll see what happens. Denver has been – I don't know how your guys' uh, teams have been doing because I don't keep up with every – I don't know. How, they don't report every individual fan base list. But Denver's only had one player go on COVID IR the entire time so far, which I thought was pretty impressive. I think everybody in Detroit's on it. <laughs> Kenny uh, Galladay, Matt Stafford. Galladay yeah, on it now, too? Yep. Galladay was on it before Stafford. Oh, dang. I missed that. Galladay and Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, got, they went on together, so apparently, you know, they they were – Making out of the pasta place? Something. Uh, yeah, I think for the Browns, uh, they've got they had two players go on the reserved list and two players opt out. Uh, none of them being of any kind of real consequence to the football team, so they've been good so far. I don't don't mean that in a bad way, but do you uh, have any fear that OBJ is actually going to opt out after his comments today? No, even after the comments he put out, he did say that he has no intention of opting out. So I don't disagree with his comments. I mean, if we really want to jump into that, I'm having a having but weren't a, those from like two weeks ago though. Uh, I don't I know. The, and then those comments are like two weeks old. Yeah, they. I, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of guys I do a Madden league with, and they uh, they were complaining about, oh, you know, millionaire crybaby. And I'm like, I mean, if you really think about it, those guys are taking all the risk right now. And I understand that they can just opt out and still get paid, but regardless of how you want to look at it, he's going to make millions of dollars this year compared to a hundred thousand. If he opts out, he really doesn't have any choice in the matter. If, if NFL owners don't do anything this year, whether it's a no season or anything, they're still going to make their money based on their TV deals. So it, it's not necessarily the same comparison. Uh, they were making a big deal about how, well, you know, owners can do this and that. And I, I agree. They don't necessarily own the players. It might've been a bad choice of words on Odell's part. I necessarily agree with the slaves comment that he made, but, I just I, – I don't disagree. I disagree with them that this is not just as easy a decision for players as, okay, you sit and you'll be fine because you're going to make $100,000 a year or you play and just get over it. It's not – it cannot be an easy well, decision for anybody. 
And they're talking about now starting to put some, you know, whether they're going to start putting some of these NFL teams in bubble situations. I guess the Saints bought a hotel. They were talking about some of the other, you know, either that or, you know, do you as a player isolate yourself from your family, uh, you know, for a while to protect your kids? I mean, there are a lot of things that go into it. I don't think it's easy for any, you know, a lot of us went through kind of, being isolated or different work processes, but I, there was never a point in time where I thought for four months I wasn't going to be allowed to see my wife. So I think it is a little bit different for some of these athletes in their situation. Dennis, any thoughts? You want to jump into the AFC South? Let's jump. All right. So we are doing the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans today. Starting off with the Texans as they won the division last year. So they finished 10 and 6. They lost to the Chiefs. Um, I can't remember if they they did not lose to the Chiefs. Who did they lose to? Did they lose to the Chiefs? They lost to the Chiefs 51 31. They had a huge lead and then they blew it. They beat the Bills first in the first round. I remember the Bills one because that's where Deshaun Watson made the incredible, like getting sacked by two guys got out of it, threw the ball down the field. So I couldn't remember if they were the ones that were up 20 or not when I was doing it. I started doing this very late last night. So, all right, Bill O'Brien or Deshaun Watson, the future, who's the future, or sorry, my God, are Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson the future in Houston, either, neither, or both? Well, I definitely think Watson is the future. Uh, Yeah, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh think I have him ranked fourth in my redraft rankings. You know, O'Brien is sort of a conundrum. Uh, he's he's doing it his way, and he's basically saying, "I'm the consequence. I, I'm if it if it fails with somebody else at GM, I still get fired. So I'll be the GM. I'll make the decisions. And if it fails, guess what? I still get fired. So if it doesn't, then he goes and." Uh, he gets to be you know, the head coach of, of the Texans for a while. I'm trying to look and see what his career record is. Uh, well, I think, 52 I think, and 44. He's won 21 games in the last two years. He He's betting on himself. We, we look at, at at players who who bet on themselves all the time, like, oh, that's great. He's going to play out the contract. He's not going to throw a hissy fit. Well, here we got Bill O'Brien saying, look, I'm going to make moves that I think are going to help me win. I, I've been in this league for a while now. I've been the head coach for going on seven years. Had some success. You know, he's only had one losing season. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean he's, 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 he's not above yeah. Marvin Lewis, uh, but he's got to take a step to get to that next level. And we'll see if it happens this year. He's got an aging defense and uh, – they they spent draft capital on things that weren't offensive line, really. They needed help there. They need to sign, get, get some more players on the offensive line. You know, I definitely don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is addition by subtraction by any means. So that's that's a peculiar thing. I, I like O'Brien's chances, though, in, in the South. I mean, you know, he it, it's – He's got what the Colts with Philip Rivers and with the Jaguars are they there? Yeah. Who else, who else is in the South? And the Titans, who we're going to talk Titans. about today. Yeah. So. so, 
I'm kind of with you. I think Deshaun Watson has to be part of their future. I think they'd be crazy if they gave him up. Um, you know, he's been very good and he's a guy they can build around. O'Brien, I agree with you too, that he, he's kind of betting on himself. I think he's in a space where the, the question is, you know, you talked about step over Marvin Moose. He's had a decent amount of success in there. They've made the playoffs a lot of times. They just haven't really gone anywhere in the playoffs. Last year was kind of one of the few times they actually won a game and were able to advance. And they had some actual, I think they actually had a few sad games against the Bengals that they lost in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, the real, he's made a lot of moves and it's either going to work out or it's not. I think his fate is going to be tied to what does this team look like and is even just making the playoffs good enough if they get in there and they and they don't win personally i don't even think they're going to make the playoffs this year which is why i think there's a there's a decent chance houston makes a change but he does seem you know the ownership seems to like him he seems to have some good relationships there he's by no means is he kind of like in the same situation as adam gase where it's been a disaster it just i don't feel like they've taken kind of that next step they've been good enough to win their division or get a wild card and get in the playoffs but they haven't really done much with it uh and i don't feel like the team that they have right now is capable of going very far even if they made it in but i guess you know we could see if david johnson goes back to what 2016 david johnson and randall cobb works out for them and brandon cook's looks like he has sometimes in the past and they find a few nuggets on defense, they could be back in there. All right. So their new additions, uh, as Matt just mentioned, a couple of them right there, Brandon cooks uh, joined the team after they traded a second round pick for him. They got D David Johnson in the Deandre Hopkins trade. Uh, they signed Randall Cobb in free agency, and they brought in Isaiah Coulter as a fifth-round draft pick. Their losses, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, uh, Carlos Hyde entered free agency. And then, what's up? I said, yeah, buddy, no. to Coulter. And then uh, they had um, – oh, gotcha, yeah. And then uh, Kenny Stills and Will Fuller are both uh, on expiring contracts at the end of this season. The fantasy finishes for 2019. Deshaun Watson finishes QB5 with 331.98 points. Duke Johnson finishes RB29 with 154. David Johnson, RB37 with 141.5. He did miss two games, and that was also in Arizona. Randall Cobb with uh, Dallas last year finished wide receiver 44 with 154.9 points. Will Fuller, wide receiver 53 with 134, missing four games. Kenny Stills, wide receiver 60, 120.1. And then Darren Fells, the top tight end um, with 17, tight end 17 with 110 points. So I realize here that I messed this up. So Sean Watson, he's lost DeAndre Hopkins. Are we worried at all about him producing as we have seen? Obviously, the great connection between him and Hopkins has really kind of produced not just a lot of fantasy points for Hopkins when he was there, but Watson as well. Losing Watkins, losing Hopkins scare you at all if you own Watson? Well, I, I mean, it's certainly you, – you know, they did not bring in, in my opinion, anyone that's on the level of DeAndre Hopkins. But if Will Fuller can stay on the field, he's been a great match with well, Deshaun Watson. I think you always want to uh... – 
We froze yeah. Dennis again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got yeah. Uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, we've seen him be a wide receiver one. Cobb uh, had, a, had a good year with Dallas and was good with Green Bay before that. And they still have Kenny Stills. So he has enough uh, weapons. You know, and D- David Johnson was a fantastic pass receiver uh, for a while there in Arizona. Duke Johnson, a good receiver. And obviously we saw Fells be a, at least a decent red zone threat getting touchdowns. So they have some weapons. It's always going to be a little bit about uh, can they block for him and you know how can those guys stay healthy and on the field and productive i think we've seen all four of those primary receivers have struggled at times with health and that's something that bears watching yeah uh, i'm with you on that i mean obviously if as you just mentioned if like cooks can stay healthy we've seen him be a top wide receiver and, and obviously i don't know He's not going to be Hopkins, but I still think he can handle a decent workload if he stays healthy, could still be a really good wide receiver for them. Will Fuller, same thing. We've seen the great connection between Watson and um, and Fuller, especially with the deep plays, the deep bombs that he's been able to hit Fuller on when he's been healthy as well. I think having uh, you know possibly a guy like Duke or David, depending on how they switch off, dumping off into the backfield, and if they can get some kind of production out of their tight end as well, um, I think Watson could still be a very good quarterback. What are your thoughts on Watson, Dennis? Well, I've got Watson as my QB for draft, and in dynasty going forward, he's still only 24 years old. Uh, he's a proven playmaker. Does that often? Oh, okay. Well, clearly the the new man cave that Dennis is in, he thought had the same signal strength as his bedroom. I'm going to go with it does not. See if I can get him back on here. I don't know what just happened. You know, here we go. Maybe that maybe that works. He's all black on my screen. I don't know. He's just – he still hasn't uh, gotten over his excitement about Isaiah Coulter, who I f- failed to mention. Isaiah Coulter, future, obviously, WR1. He's – you know, maybe he's their future for DeAndre Hopkins. We'll channel Dennis. If I was building my team around young players <laughs> – all right, well, if we can get our connection back with Dennis there. I've got him on the screen, but I just see Dennis Bennett try the, the Dynasty Energy DM tool, which you guys should try. It's definitely uh, an awesome thing. So let's keep talking about the DJs in the backfield. You know, you've made a few uh, funny comments about that, Matt, that you know a DJ will lead the team in Houston in carries. Uh, but what are your thoughts on them? You know, I, I mentioned it before. I think me and you talked about it on a podcast. Uh, maybe Dennis was with us. I, I don't remember. But uh, I'm actually kind of in on Duke Johnson this year because I think he could still produce while he's not quite the runner that, uh, you know, DJ is when DJ's healthy. He can still do a lot out of the backfield catching the ball. I think Duke uh, could be in for a really good year. Uh, and, and you know, obviously they're going to hoping on DJ bouncing back. So what are your thoughts on the DJs in the backfield? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big question, really, especially with David Johnson. What we could never totally determine about his fall off, you know, in 2018, he actually had a pretty decent season, about 940 rushing yards. He was an effective receiver. What we could never totally determine, he did get banged up last year, but with with Kingsbury and Arizona is 
Was it the injuries that kept him off the field, or did he fall out of favor? It seemed like with him being traded and then franchise tagging Kenyon Drake that it was more a situation of they didn't think David Johnson fit what they wanted to do. So does that mean he still has something left in the tank? I think that leaves it as kind of a huge unknown. He's not that far removed from that epic season in 2016. He also had a very solid season in 2016. was it 2018 coming back off that knee injury? If they can get even that 2018 level of production, that could be pretty good. And we've seen, even with the offensive line they have now, uh, you have room for somebody to run and, and to produce. Carlos Hyde had a career season going for 1,070 yards behind that line in that offense last year. Luke Johnson had a pretty good season. I, I think, uh, you know, we didn't think about him quite as much and maybe didn't realize it quite as much. He was involved in the passing game. Both those guys can be weapons out of the backfield. It'd be interesting to see if they use them both. I'm not somebody who thinks tight end is a huge position for them. I know Fells had some moments and he's still there. They have some young guys they've collected as draft picks. I'm just not totally sold on. But I think both those guys, you know, if Houston really wants to win the division and take a step up and go further, they need that vintage David Johnson. They were kind of betting on that. I think they were trying to find somebody dynamic like that to replace what they lost in Lamar Miller because they were going to go into last season with Miller being kind of the guy, and then he got hurt again and got knocked out. I think they see a little bit more potential there with David Johnson doing that. We saw Duke Johnson step up and be quite a receiver when they were thin at receiver at times last year. And then if they have some, if they have some better injury luck with Fuller and Cooks and Cobb and Stills, they have some weapons going down the field, could open up the middle and the underneath. So there, there's plenty of potential. I think the biggest unknown is health and the line. Yeah, that line, I, I forgot to mention that too, could really be a, a big thing. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously hoping that, uh, you know, we, none of us want to see players fail. Uh, so uh, we're all hoping that DJ is able to bounce back. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm still – I'm really big on Duke Johnson this year. I think he could have a big year. Plus, he's going a lot later uh, than anybody else. We've got – I've got the ADP on here somewhere. 166 is the 58th RB off the board. So that's a guy you could take late that I think, as I just talked about earlier, he ended up finishing the year as RB29. I mean, you can get him as RB58 at 166. I mean, you're getting a possible, you know, RB3 uh, on your team in the third. 13th round. That's not bad. Not bad at all. And I could easily see him uh, returning that production as well. Um, for the wide receivers, I mean, we've already kind of hit a little bit on Cooks and Fuller. Their, their main thing is going to be health. Uh, I mean, there, I don't think there's really much else to add for those guys. I guess the, the big question would be do you see Stills or Coulter being any kind or having a lot or much fantasy relevance this year in the 2020 season? Again, I think it's going to, you know, depend on the health. You know, if Cooks, Fuller, and Cobb stay on the field, I think they're probably the top three guys. But we saw Kenny Stills have some moments and have some relevance last year when he was able to step in for guys who were injured. They also still have Kiki Kuti, who, uh, you know, a couple of years ago people were kind of high on. I thought had shown some flashes. He seemed to fall out of favor a little bit last year, but he's still there. Does he make the team? Uh, just throws another guy in the mix. They have a lot of people and a lot of options. The question is the combinations and the productivity. If I had to bet right now, you know, when we were doing our receiver rankings, I had Cooks as the one I think will finish as the best. 
I think he was probably in a case where he fell a little out of favor and didn't quite work in that McVay system in his second year. But before that, he had four straight thousand yard seasons with three different teams. Uh, so he was kind of showing, you know, his ability and range. He hasn't just forgotten that. So I would bet on him and then hopefully Fuller. Fuller has been amazing with Watson when he's been healthy. Uh, it's just a question of how many games you get from him. All right, let's see. I've seen Dennis's face here. Let's see if we've got him back. Can, can you hear us, buddy? I, I can hear you. Uh, I don't necessarily have high hopes for the consistency because uh, we've had some storms. And when I came in and switched rooms, my wife said she's having some trouble and the boys are having some trouble with it as well. So, Well, your uh, voice and- is definitely working. The picture's a little bit fuzzy, but that's all right. None of us are, like, you know, winning any awards standing next to Ryan Gosling or anything like that. We're, we're, we're all here for the advice anyway. So go ahead. Uh, we were just kind of mentioning D- the DJs, obviously, in the backfield and then the wide receivers as well. So if you want to just give us your thoughts on – what you think the DJs can do and Johnson and Johnson, and then your thoughts on kind of cooks fuller. And then if stills or Coulter can have any uh, fantasy value in 2020. Well, it, the rushing game is going to come down to David Johnson. Uh, Duke has a, a history of performing, but nobody trusts him to give him the workload. So He'll get hit. He had 83 carries last season. Hyde had 245 carries. So as long as Johnson stays healthy, I would expect he's going to get 250 carries. Uh, what did he get for target? 62 targets last year. So Duke had 140 opportunities. With Hopkins gone, they're going to spread the uh, the ball around more. So you got those. You got. Uh, well, that sucks. It was, I guess, fun for that. I don't. He didn't have a lot to say about the Texans. I don't. You know, he didn't have a lot to say about them. I mean, they, well, I was going to say they suck, but we're not talking about like the. I'm trying to think of who's the bad team in this division now at the moment. Because I can't focus. The Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> we're talking about the Jaguars right now, so they've got oh, give the, Dennis wants to give the listeners his best. Back again, maybe, maybe. Let's try it. Let's try hey, it. Can we why don't you stop your camera and just try audio? Might require less bandwidth. Oh, and there That'll he goes. He's trying to do that, but then left altogether to do that. So, oh, okay. I guess he's he's bailing. I just saw the private chat there. So, oh, maybe not. Let's try it. Yes, yes. Let's see if this works. Come on. Can we hear you? Nothing. We don't hear anything, Dennis, if you can hear us. We'll just leave the icon up there so it feels like he's... Yeah. If if it doesn't work, he did say to give uh, the listeners his best as he's trying to, to um, get yeah, his out. But... Man. All right. I'll just do that for a minute. See, oh, Let's see here. Nothing. Dennis, can you still hear us? Nothing? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Well, you sound a lot better, too, so go ahead. Give, continue on your thoughts with uh, the wide receivers. So, Hopkins is gone, leaving behind 150 targets. I feel like it's going to be a relatively even distribution. You're not going to have the target hog. Uh, I won't be surprised if Fuller stays healthy if he is the one who leads in targets. And is the the wide receiver one? He's the big play guy. Does have the best chemistry 
um, just from being there for what three years now, four years. But I like I, I like what they all bring to the table. Cobb and Cooks and Fuller could low key be one of the better trios of wide receivers in the NFL this year. I don't think any of them will maybe be a high maybe be a wide receiver one, but you could have a high two, a low two, and a high three out of the three of them. It's feasible. Um, I I think what uh, Coulter brings to the table is size. The other guys, you know, Cook is okay size. Fuller, you know, they're, they're sort of mid-sized. Cobb is a smaller guy. But Coulter is a big guy. What is he, 6'3", 6'4", 220, 225 pounds. So he could be that red zone threat. He, he could end up uh, carving out a nice role. And if anybody gets injured, he could step up uh, in into a, a more prominent role. The tight end everybody's waiting to see break out is Kahali Warren. Uh, a lot of people love his his athleticism. We'll have to see how that goes. You know, we see a lot of wide receivers that switch to tight end take three or four years. Uh, in Washington, Logan Thomas is said to be the leader in the clubhouse for the tight end position after switching from quarterback. Uh, he's in his, what, fourth or fifth or sixth year, something like that now. So if Waring is more athlete than he is actual tight end, he, it may be still a couple more seasons of uh, Daniel Fells and, and uh, the Jordans, Akins and Thomas there before Waring really steps, steps up and takes a prominent role. Yeah, yeah, Waring is definitely a guy that I know you you talked about a lot last year. I'm trying to remember who we had on with us last year. Was it John Bob that Oh, so was it Sal that brought up yep. Waring? Yeah, I remember one, one of the guys we had on last year was big on uh, big on Waring. All right, so over under time, Deshaun Watson over under QB4. Go ahead, Dennis. Well, I've said like five times that I have him as my QB4. Well, I know. So that's why you got to go over <laughs> under. <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt, Matt. Let me see here. Well, I suppose it's feasible Russell Wilson could overtake him. So I'll, I'll say over. All right. What about you, Matt? I'm also going over. As am I. He's got but an I'm, ADP. I'm really not, though, just for the record. <laughs> uh, an ADP of 48.33. He is QB5 off the board. Just ahead of him, Prescott, Murray, and Mahomes. Are you taking him over any of those three? Uh, I've got Murray right behind him, so I'm taking him over Murray. It's tough. I think for Dynasty, I probably would still take him over Murray, even though I think he'll finish behind Murray in 2020. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think Murray is the – I would take him over Prescott. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think he's a little bit It would be a week without a Dallas dig. It's got to be either Prescott yeah. or Cooper. No, I mean, I, I – Short straw here. I don't think it's an unfair thing to say he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak Prescott's very good. That's why he's up here at the top of this list. But I think Deshaun Watson's better. Yeah, I would take him over that because I think it's also fair to say that I'm pretty sure 
Houston's going to do everything they can to keep Watson, or if he hits the open market, he's not going to get Mahomes paid, but he's going to get paid very well by some team. I don't know. I I believe Dak Prescott's probably going to stay in Dallas, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, Murray would be a coin flip for me. I really like Murray, and I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. But Watson's proved it for a much longer time, so I'd probably still go Watson. Uh, Just behind him, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and Josh Allen. Would you take any of those three over Watson? I would not. I would take Russell Wilson. Wilson would be close for me, but I think I'd still take Watson. Just I think his his uh, it's hard. There's to, a strong case to be made for Watson, so I I only am so yeah. firm because I'm sitting here looking at my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm think gonna I, stick to my rankings. It's close, but I think I just I don't know something about the the amount of yards that Wilson that Watson throws for and everything in touchdowns. I think is what keeps him over Wilson. He doesn't really seem to have those slow starts to the season like Wilson does and everything. And I, I just I don't know. There's something about Watson. I don't I don't know what it is. I just kind of like him a little bit better. Uh, David Johnson, RB twenty in twenty twenty over or under. I will take over. What about you guys? I'm going to go over as well. Running back rankings. Wow, you got to uh, go off the top of your head. Can't look at your ranking. It's all right if you if you don't, you know, say you should have the rankings stenciled on your heart. Uh, no, I, I'm 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 working on consistency. Where did you have DJ? Twenty. What? Twenty. Uh, I'm going to say over. I got him at twenty-one. All right. ADP of 77.5. He is RB30 off the board. Just ahead of him, Keyshawn Vaughn, Darius Geist, and Devin Singletary. Would you take DJ over any of those three? I would not. I'm going to take him over, guys. Uh, Uh, No, I would take him over all of them, actually. I got it backwards. Okay. Uh, I would not take him over any of those three. He might have a better season than all three of them this year, uh, but I'm not sure about DJ's longevity, so I would not take him over any of those three. Just behind him, Ronald Jones the third, Raheem Mostert, and Mark Ingram. Would you take any of those three over DJ? No. Maybe. No. Uh, I'm gonna stick with my, my rankings. I'll have him out of them. So, see, I was kind Talking of excited about, today. Yeah, I was kind of excited about Ronald Jones for a while, but then they they keep signing. It, it was like they would take any other back if, as long as it means they don't have to to run Ronald Jones. So now, and Mostert's probably the interesting one. The fact that 49ers actually reworked and redid a deal. Uh, I, it gives me a little more confidence in Mostert, so I might actually take him over because I think the 49ers have a better line and a better rushing offense. All right. Duke Johnson, RB26 in 2020, over or under? I am going to take the under. I've, I've mentioned many times here that I'm, I'm high on Duke Johnson this year. I think he's going to have a good year. What about you guys? Uh, I got the over. I got Duke pretty low, actually. I am also taking the over, but I like your optimism. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I I feel like if 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 uh, Johnson, David Johnson, stumbles a bit, 
if he doesn't show the explosion in his return after the extended recovery, uh, Bill O'Brien just can't seem to figure out how to fit a big back like that into his offense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they flipped. If Johnson became, you know, a goal line short yardage back, David Johnson, and Duke Johnson became more of a three down back, I, I could see that happening. You know, there's definitely a case for it. You know, Duke Duke left Miami University as the leading rusher in college history, so he knows how to run the ball, and we know he's a great receiver. So he he could go, he could be Austin Eckler 2.0. I don't have the a thing is, this year, but we have to we have to look and make sure that uh, you know see if there's any other potential running back threats on Houston's roster because my longstanding joke that B Johnson will lead the team in rushing, I'm starting to worry. Yeah. I really don't think there is. That could be a big buddy hollow guy, are you? Let's no. see. Oh, what happened? Oh, there we go. All right. So um ADP of 166, RB58 off the board, as me and Matt were just talking about a minute ago. Just ahead of them, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, and Latavius Murray. I would take him over Edmonds and Murray, not Harris. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm not I'm not on the Edmonds train. You know, I'm out on Latavius for the most part. He's a, I, I, you know, if I can get him as my RB five or six, I'm okay with it. But uh, I feel like Duke has upside that uh, Latavius does not. Yeah, I, I think I would probably take him over all three. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure Edmonds is actually the future in Arizona, even if. Uh, you know, Drake goes out. I, I think people are sleeping a little bit. On no yeah, there you go. Uh, I, no uh, truther. I, yeah, sure. I guess I'll accept that. I do have like two shares across 40 weeks. So obviously I'm very dedicated to him. Um, Najee or Damian Harris. Look at Najee you there. Me there. He's going, no, I, he's getting ready for. Sonny Michelle going on pup list uh, gave me a moment of pause. Uh, you know, it's not a great sign this early uh, in the season, uh, but I think I'd still go with Duke Johnson. I feel like we have a better feel for what his role is going to be. I like, I think Latavius Murray will be good this year. I just don't know how much longer he's going to be. Uh, trucking for New Orleans. Uh, so just behind Duke, you've got Lynn Bowden Jr., Rashad Penny, and Ryquel Armstead. Um, for me, I would – Armstead's the only real question here, uh, and it would just be if I owned Fournette, I'd probably take Armstead because I do think uh, – you know, I actually saw a report that the Jaguars really like what Armstead was able to do last year when Fournette was out. They believe in his pass-catching ability as well. So I could see a shot where Armstead is the future with Jacksonville if uh, they decide to move on from Fournette after this year. Uh, so Armstead, if I had Fournette, I'd probably go him. Uh, otherwise, it'd probably be Duke for me. What about you guys? Yeah. Boy, this kills me, but I I think I'd even take him over Rashad Penny. It's not close for Armstead. I'm taking Duke over Armstead pretty easily. And Bowden, as, as much as I want to be in on him, that whole situation is muddled. I don't know what's going on there. They keep 
you know, they're signing Jeremy Hill and re-signing Jalen Richard, and they got Tyrell Williams and Henry Ruggs and, and, and uh, Hunter Renfro and, and Brian Edwards. So they've got like 900 receivers and, and 600 running backs. So I don't know where Bowden is going to fit. Uh, but I still have such a soft spot for, for Rashad Penny. I think if I'm sitting there at 166, so that's what the 14th round, 15th round, I'd probably go Penny just because that's my one through love. Boy, I hope your wife doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> your one true love. It's a running back you've never met from Seattle. Uh, I have a couple of thoughts. Uh, first, this is a sad referendum on where Duke Johnson is going in drafts, that these are the people uh, before and after him, considering that we think he could have a pretty decent, at least RB3 season. Two, I feel like, Dennis, what you're mixing with Oakland is that John Gruden saw the Malou in Washington and said, hold my beer. I can <laughs> assemble an even greater set of questionable talent at all my skill positions. And three, I would not take any of those people over Duke Johnson. <laughs> All right, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 24 in 2020, over or under. I will go under. I'm hoping that he stays healthy all year and is able to produce. So I'm going to go under. What about you guys? Uh, I'm over. Uh, I feel like we've got a lot of. There's not going to be a, a new Hopkins. Everybody, it's going to be of a flat, relatively flat tier. So I have most of them, most of the Texans wide receivers within about 20 of each other, all four of them there. So it could go any number of ways. But like I said, I don't, I don't think any of them are going to be uh, very high. More likely some low twos and a three and a four. Could be a high two out there, but I'm going to say over. I'm also going to say over. I think uh, Cooks and Fuller will be the best of the lot, but I have them both as wide receiver threes. Yeah, I have them right at the 36, 37. All right. So are you need- recruiting, Bruni? Are, are you are you recruiting? Is that why you're so distracted? No, um, it's just I've just got like eighty things going on right now. This is very difficult. I'm trying to. There's like a massive argument going on right now, and it's mostly caused by me. And so I'm trying to like put out fires everywhere. It's not fun. Uh, ADP. Quick, state your case. Let us weigh in. I will let it'll either help or make it at worse at the end. But I don't think you guys are going to. It is about a recruiting thing. I don't think you guys will care at all. So, but we'll save that for the end. A ADP of eighty-eight point six seven wide receiver forty-four, just ahead of them. Nikhil Harry, Darius Slayton, and T Higgins. Are you taking him over any of those three? I would take him over Harry, not Slayton and Higgins. What about you guys? Um, definitely. Is that you said T Higgins? Yes, T Higgins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I definitely not taking him over Slayton. Um, I'm kind of getting a good feeling about Harry. I, I I'm warming up. I'm actually trying to acquire some shares. Uh, Higgins, I think is going to be good. I just don't think you're going to get much out of him this year. Um, so I guess it depends on where my team is in the build. I can afford to wait on Higgins. I'll take Higgins over Cooks. If I'm looking for production this year, 
Um, I'm going to bet that Cook stays healthy enough to give me production this year and go that route. Well, first of all, I'm a 39-year-old male who spent two hours last night watching and commenting on Twilight, so how dare you question what I might care about. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing too small once you've reached that level of uh, spending your free time, and I would not take Cooks over any of those. I think it's tempting to take him over Harry, but I kind of like, you know, I still like Cam Newton if he's healthy, and I kind of think Harry has a decent path to targets and relevance because he's not got that much competition in New England, especially since most of their team is opting out. That's my bad. That's on me again. My goodness. Sorry. This is a bad show. After Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, and Brandon Ayuk, uh, I would take Pittman over Cooks, but that's it. What about you three? You two. There's only two of you here. I. You know, it's tough this year with the rookies. It, it It's such a conundrum. You know, we all feel like Pittman is going to be at the top of the outside receivers there in Indianapolis. But is he this year? You know, Zach Pascal was out there doing a lot of really good things. One thing Pascal doesn't do is take a lot of targets away from T.Y. Hilton, who is still an outside wide receiver. And if they got Paris... Paris Campbell in the middle, um, you know, running out of the slot. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Pittman is somebody I, I I would pass on. Probably not at that. Well, at eighty eight, oh, I'm still taking stars, so I'm probably taking Cooks. You know, honestly. I think I would take all three over Cooks. Uh, you know, I don't mind Cooks, and he could be fine, but there's also every possibility that Houston doesn't have a great season and they sort of blow things up or go in a different direction. I, I like all three of those uh, rookies. I've kind of come around on Ayuk. Some of the things I've been reading, been, I'm curious to see what they might do with him in uh, San Francisco. And I think, you know, Mims there again – the Jets just do not have a ton of competition. We have to feel like they're going to get either better coaching this year or a better coach, period, for next year. So, uh, you know, in Dynasty, I probably would go for those guys uh, and hopeful upside over um, Cooks. All right. Will Fuller, wide receiver 26, over or under? Kind of feel like I already know where this is going to go. I think, are we all taking over? Yeah, I'm taking over. I'm pretty sure Dennis yeah. said over. There we go. Yeah, okay. I'm over. Yeah, I think of four, Fuller probably has the best odds to finish closest to a wide receiver one based on his chemistry with uh, Watson and his big playability. You know, he's a guy that'll go out there and get some touchdowns uh, on big plays. So if I had to guess, uh, I still I have him ranked as the highest of the four, uh, but he's only one spot ahead of Cooks, um, in part because I'm, I'm hedging a little bit on the injuries there. All right, so he's got an ADP of 102.17, wide receiver 49 off the board. Just ahead of him, LaVisca Chenault, Brandon Ayuk, and Denzel Mims. Are you taking him over any of those three? 
I would take him over Chenault, um, but not the other two. I think Fuller, you know, he's a guy that has a lot of talent. He struggled to stay on the field, and he's in a contract year. So, you know, I think this is a real important year for him, uh, you know, if he's going to get a long-term deal here or get to be featured somewhere elsewhere. He's really got to kind of prove that he can stay on and live up to that potential. I, I just like the potential of some of the other guys more. Yeah, I uh, boy, it's it's amazing to me that Fuller is going uh, full just over a round later than Cooks. Um, I, I I would I'm taking Fuller over Denault, uh, one hundred two ninth round, late ninth round. I'm taking him over uh, Mims as well. Ayu could be a toss up. I'd probably still go Fuller uh, just because I don't expect there to be a ton of volume in San Francisco, and I think that uh, Fuller will probably outscore him easily based on that. All right, just after him, A.J. Green, Mike Williams, and Brian Edwards. Uh, Would you take any of those three over Fuller? Uh, I would take Williams and Edwards. Green would be a toss-up just because I'm not sure – if I knew I had Green for like three more years, I'd probably take all three over him. But I just don't know with Green, so he he would be a coin flip for me. Uh, but definitely for me, Mike Williams and Edwards. What about you guys? You know, the thing with Green is I, I feel like he's got probably three more years of pretty good production left in him. But I don't think uh, I don't think the the last two are going to be in Cincinnati. And so I, I'm not comfortable with the uncertainty of where he's going to be next year. And so you add in, so then you've got what a 31 year old wide receiver on a new team where typically new wide receivers struggle when they change teams. Uh, and you add that into the mix. So I'm probably taking, boy, it'd be close between Fuller and Green. I like Mike Williams. I'm a Mike Williams guy. Uh, and Brian Edwards. Uh, Edwards is going to c- come down to how my team is being built. Do I Am I good with the rookie or do I, do I need the veteran? So A.J. Green is 32 right now. Okay. So if he moved on to another team, he'd be a 33-year-old receiver with a history of lower body injuries and going to a new team. I, I think that's a, oh, that's that's a worthwhile concern. What? We almost lost you for a minute. Oh, me? Yeah, you froze up for a minute. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I would – let's see. The people. I would – brace yourself, uh, Dennis. I'm about to make your day. I would also take Mike Williams over, uh, over Will Fuller, and I would also take Edwards, who I think has uh, – you know, I think we all like him as a potential one – uh, for the Raiders. All right. So now we've got Khalil Waring, who we mentioned earlier, I think is don't uh, definitely going to be the, the tight end to own there. He is tight end. So tight end 20 for uh, 2020 over or under. I'm saying over. I'm saying over. And I, if I was taking a tight end for 2020, he's not the one I would. And Must be getting a storm in Colorado too. Yeah, he 
is I just got to, my phone still thinks I'm in Colorado, I think, because I keep getting notices about storms and everything rolling through there. And so, yeah, I do. I think so, too, because he, you, he keep freezing up, Matt, if you can hear us. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you're right. Who would be the tight end that you take? I, I would take Fells for 2020. Um, I'm not sure Waring's going to be anything. He's not somebody I'm even stashing at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, if if I'd I'd rather have Donald Parham at the price. I mean, Parham is free, six foot eight, four six forty. If he can, you know, get it together, uh, and he's played the position longer than than Warring. He's just got to get the NFL blocking down. Um, I, I like Warring's potential. But we're still a couple years of potential, I think, before we see anything. Yeah. Well, then we'll just skip them because, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know I guess there's no point talking about it since you guys both think, you know, hey, just, let's just shit all over all the work Matt did on it. Don't worry about it. Curly Warren doesn't matter. So, Tennessee Titans. You they can't lost. even say his freaking name. It's Curly Warren, right? Holly. What? Well, oh, to be, to be fair, that is what I do. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who the Smith is that you have uh, listed, but Johnny Smith. Uh, John. It's Johnny Smith is going after him. Yeah, that can't be. Wait, Johnny Smith. Smith. Got to be Caden Smith. No, yeah, it's, it's not. Caden. Caden. No, it's not Caden Smith. I know that for sure. But I'll look in a minute. It doesn't matter. We'll just get past it. We're on to the Tennessee Titans, just like Bill Belichick. We are on to the Tennessee Titans. We're on to and Tennessee. To the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Who has a longer career with the Titans, Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry? Boy, that's a great question. Um, in part, be so what? Henry just signed what a four-year extension, which is really a two-year extension. Four years, it could be a two-year, and I believe so. Did Tannehill, Tannehill's is four years as well, but they can get out of it after two years as well. So who would, you know, do you guys think they'll both be there? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I, if I'm going to put money on it, I'm putting my money on Tannehill just because he's not going to take a beating 25 times a game. I'm going to put my money on uh, future league MVP, Derek Henry and his uh, future quarterback, Cole McDonald. I like yeah. some McDonald. So do I, and that's exactly why I'm going to go with Henry as well because I do like what McDonald did in college, and I do think as much as it hurts me to say that I think Henry could succeed, he could succeed the next two years, and Ryan Tannehill could suck so bad that McDonald could end up becoming the starting quarterback. So the say new- it with me. Future league MVP, Derek Henry. We've got a big penance for last year. We'll be productive. I will give him that. That's that's penance for, for what I was saying about the guy last year. He'll be productive. Uh, new additions for the Tennessee Titans, uh, as I just mentioned, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry both re-upped for four years. Darrington Evans and Cole McDonald were both drafted. Uh, those were really the only offensive changes they made this year. Evans in the third, Cole McDonald in the seventh. Their losses, they uh, Deion Lewis and Delaney Walker and Mario, Marcus Mariota all went into free agency. And their expiring contracts are Jonu Smith and Corey Davis as they declined his fifth-year option. Fantasy finishes in 2020, Ryan Tannehill, QB 21 with 230.18 points. Derrick Henry, RB2 with 276.6. 
A.J. Brown, wide receiver 10, 165.1. Corey Davis, wide receiver 64, 72.1. And Johnny Smith, tight end 17 with 69.7 points. So Ryan Tannehill did look good, though, in the second half of the season and somewhat in the playoffs as well. So over under on his passing yards this season at 3,500. Uh, boy, they're going to be pounding it with, with, uh, Henry and, and I know they love AJ Brown. Uh, I don't know. 3,500 yards is kind of the baseline now for a decent quarterback. Right. And I think Tannehill is decent. So I, I, Henry running the ball will take pressure off him. And, and we know, you know, Corey Davis is going to have his fifth-year breakout. So I'm going to say he's going to have 3,507 yards. Yeah, so I'm looking right now. He had 2742 in 10 starts last year. Uh, he had, when he was with uh, Miami, uh, he had – 3,900 in 2013 at 4,014 and 4,215. So I'm going to say he does make it to 3,500. All right. I was not sure where you guys would go with it. I think he does go just over a little bit as well. I think having this uh, kind of hole now year with uh, A.J. Brown, I think, uh, as I mentioned um, earlier, I do think Johnny Smith might take a step up this year as well with what he can do. And if, you know, Corey Davis can ever just do something, I think uh, Ryan Tannehill will definitely go over 3,500. Is Derrick Henry a lock to be a top five fantasy running back in 2020? I mean, as big a lock, I suppose, as anybody is, he's the, he's the show there. He's getting 300 carries, so uh, – I'm going to put him up there. Yeah. I think he's definitely a lock in standard, but I'm going to say in PPR, I don't think he's a lock to finish top five because, you know, you can have such a, you can have such a swing based on receiving and then, uh, you know, touchdowns, which are really hard to predict. So, you know, in standard, there's few guys that are going to pound the rock as consistently and as well as him, but that receiving thing, that's never been his game. Uh, and I know you're about to ask about Evans. You know, I think it's going to be even less his game this year. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's top five in both formats, but I wouldn't call him a lock in PPR. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I had this uh, talk with someone today, actually. Uh, he was asking me what I thought about Derrick Henry and if I thought he could be the number one or two back in fantasy. And I said, no, I do agree that he – Likely probably leads the league in rushing again. I think he is probably going to get close to 300 attempts like Dennis. But touchdowns are fickle. We saw just a couple years ago, or even it may have even been last year, where Leonard Fournette was getting all kinds of goal line carries and just couldn't get in. I understand Derrick Henry's a bigger, probably even better back than Leonard Fournette. Doesn't mean you're always going to get into the end zone when you get down there. And as Matt just mentioned, I don't. He just does not do anything in the receiving game for you. And I do think. Since that is the next question we're going to ask, Darnton Evans eats into his workload some. I don't know if they'll pull him off the field on every third down because he is still a guy where if it's third and five, you could give the ball to Derrick Henry. He could easily get you six to 20 yards with the way he runs people over. But Evans brings a different dynamic into that backfield. He is a really good receiver. He's a more shiftier runner. 
And they didn't just take him in the third round for no reason. You know, everybody wants to preach draft capital when it matters for their guy, but then they don't want to preach about it when it comes to guys like this. The Titans didn't just grab him in the third round for nothing. I do think that, you know, if you go back to a couple years ago, people say it was a stupid decision for Vrabel to start Deion Lewis over Derrick Henry. I think he did it for a reason because of the versatility that Deion Lewis brings. I don't think Evans is going to be the starter, not saying that at all. Clearly, Derrick Henry's job, he's going to be the guy who gets, like Dennis said again, 300 carries. But I could easily see Evans coming in here and eating into that workload a little bit, getting some carries, but a lot of catches out of the backfield because of his skill set. What do you guys think Evans can do um, in this backfield? I, I think in year one, he's he's going to have to show that he has the receiving chops um, and he'll get some third down work. but. You know, what are we looking at? 45, 50 targets. I, I think if he gets 50 targets and 75 carries uh, in year one, that's probably going to be a win for Darrington Evans. Yeah, and I, I think this is the way that you see Tannehill get to 3,500 yards and Tennessee kind of supplement the passing offense. I like A.J. Brown for what he is. We're going to talk about Davis, I'm sure, in a minute. Johnny Smith, you know, could be coming on, could be in for a good year at, at tight end. They don't have a ton of depth. I think you're going to see them use Evans as a weapon out of the backfield. Catching the ball has not been necessarily Derrick Henry's forte. That's not what you got to have a guy like him for. He's good for once or twice a year, getting one and going like 75 or 99 yards or something crazy with a swing pass, getting in the end zone. But that's not his forte. And I, I think I agree with you. You don't take a guy in the third round unless you have the idea that you're going to use him. And there is a perfect – that you know it seemed like it would be a perfect setup for Deion Lewis to have that kind of a role uh, for the Titans too. It just didn't really materialize last year. Maybe he was a little bit past his prime. But, um, you know, I think we'll see some of that from Evans this year. Ah, oh, fuck. I just hit my ankle on this wood chair, and it hurts so bad. That's very painful. Oh, fuck. This has been a horrible show. How high are you guys on AJ Brown this year? Well, I mean, if you got to have a shit show, you might as well do it in the uh, AFC South. Get it all out in one? Yeah. This is not the great. Oh, man. AJ Brown. Oh, how high am I on AJ Brown? I don't think I'm as high as a lot of people. Uh, I got him at wide receiver 19. Um, in part, uh, I'm, I'm not sold on. Uh, there being a lot of volume there, you know, he was, he's going to need to get more volume this year uh, because I don't think he can maintain that efficiency he had last year. He was so super efficient, Uh, but I do think he's going to get more opportunities. Um, Corey Davis is still going to be there. Corey Davis does a lot of good things. He may end up being one of those 12 year guys. that's just, He's a better football player than he is fantasy asset, and we all stand around lamenting what could have been with this six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound receiver that twice a year makes phenomenal plays. But uh, I think think Davis will have an okay year. I don't don't know that he's going to Devontae Parker it or Brandon Lloyd it, um, but AJ Brown at at wide receiver nineteen, low end wide receiver two. Uh, I, I like that there. 
Yeah, I like uh, Brown to be kind of a low-end wide receiver, too, in 2020 as well. I think I had him ranked uh, wide receiver 22. I like him a lot for Dynasty. I think he's a, he's a great guy to have and to be on your team. Uh, it just They're not an incredibly high-volume passing offense. I think he's going to draw a lot of uh, coverages because he's clearly their best uh, receiving weapon. So, you know, I like him at the wide receiver, too, Mark. I, I'm so up and down on him. I mean, I, when I was putting this together, I honestly had no idea. He fixed his wide receiver 10 last year. Like, that is – I did not expect that, especially with kind of the, the slow start he got off to. Obviously, some of that being Marcus Mariota. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm as high as 10, but I feel like I, I know I probably had him much lower in my ranks. But I think I could easily see him finishing in the 15 range just because of what he could do after the after the catch as well. Uh, but I am with you guys, and I'm not quite as high on him as what he finished last year. Uh, Dennis, I know you've kind of been uh, on the Corey Davis train for a long time. Kind of hey, like the uh, NBS. To be fair, Fantasy Pros in PBR has A.J. Brown as wide receiver 21. Oh. Did not know that. I must have messed that up, so I apologize. Anyways, um, Corey Davis, do you guys see him? I don't think he stays with Tennessee. I think he's probably long gone from this team now at this point with them not picking up his fifth-year option. Do you guys think that he could thrive on another team? And then if you do, what team do you hope he lands on or where do you think is a good fit for his skill set? Well, you know, he's a big wide receiver. He, he's an A.J. Green kind of receiver. He just hasn't put the A.J. Green game together. You know, he's at 6'4", 225, good speed. So, you know, with the first-round draft capital and the flashes he's shown to, to date, if he comes out next year and flashes any of that, if he has – let's say he has his best year. I don't have his stats in front of me, so I'm not sure what that would be. But if he puts up 60 catches for you know, 900 yards and five touchdowns, there's going to be a coordinator out there that says, I know how to unlock this guy. They're, they just they just didn't know how to do it because coaches all think they can unlock, you know, the, the guy with the talent that's struggling. So he's definitely going to get a shot somewhere. I think he'll probably end up being brought in somewhere where he's gifted a starting job uh, if he puts up a stat line like that. Uh, and so if 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 uh, man, he's just got so much talent. I just don't understand why it's not been able to just consistently gel. It's it's one of those frustrating things. I um, I figured it out, Matt. Uh, AJ Brown was wide receiver ten in standard in in two thousand nineteen on Fantasy Pro. So you standard. It's because you don't believe in PPR fundamentally. Uh, I was just going to say, continuing the trend of this being a shit show, I messed the whole show sheet up today because I must have gone standard rankings on everything today. So, awesome. Go ahead, Matt. Tell us about Corey Davis. Yeah, I, I wondered about that with Derrick Henry, too, because I'm pretty sure Aaron Jones was RB2 in PPR uh, with his 19 touchdowns. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna... wanna, this is just perfect. I hate to interrupt this, and, and the podcast audience is not going to be able to see this, but I just want you all to read this wonderful comment we just got on uh, on our Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a spam thing, but it's a cure for herpes. So anyways, uh, go ahead. Talk about Corey Davis. I'm hey. sorry. That's, that's 
less. People were uh, looking at this week's Listener, episode. listeners. Yeah, people were looking at this uh, this is today's episode and just thinking we needed a little bit of extra help there. Uh, Corey Davis, first I would say I'm I'm not 100% that he won't be back with Tennessee. I really think it depends on what kind of contract. I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him. Dennis is right. Somebody is going to take a chance on him uh, and, and give him – a chance at this point in time, I feel like he's his career is going to hew closer to Laquan Treadwell than it is uh, Devonte Parker, which is kind of sad. We've seen a few moments, just really nothing that he's been able to consistently put together. And you know, we'll see what happens this year. You thought maybe it might benefit him to have a better receiver opposite him who could draw coverages, but that didn't really seem to materialize. He didn't seem to have a great connection with Tannehill. Um, you know, I think this is a really important year for him too to kind of show, you know, what are you going to be? What do you want your career to be? Do you want to have a career after this? He doesn't have a lot of competition uh, down the depth chart, which is good unless you're a big Adam Humphreys truther. Uh, so, you know, he's got every opportunity. We'll just have to see what he makes of it. Uh, so I've mentioned many times that I think John Smith could be a sleeper this year. He He's a tight end that I think you can get really late. And I easily think, again, you can kind of pile a lot of those guys into the back end of tight end. One I do think could jump up there this year. What are your guys' thoughts on John Smith? Well, he's a super, super athlete. I mean, they, they've given him handoffs, and he's taken them 45 yards for touchdowns. Um, He's shown the ability to catch the ball. They're not bringing Delaney Walker back. So it, it's a situation where, unfortunately, his ceiling is going to be capped by the offense that they run. If, if uh, they end up – I'm trying to pull up the numbers right now. Uh, I feel like uh, – where did the Titans go with their – so with targets – between him and uh, Walker last year were, let's see. So there were only 75 targets combined between Smith and Walker. Um, so he's going to have to make do with 75 targets. So if he can bring in 50 passes, you know, hopefully he can uh, make some hay in the run game or in the end zone uh, catching the ball. Uh, that's really going to be the thing that uh, that caps him. You know, he could be looking at a career uh, like Delaney Walker had, where Walker was kind of the second guy, um, didn't get a ton of volume in San Francisco, and then came to Tennessee uh, before the current regime and just exploded with 100-plus targets year after year after year. Smith may be in line for that very same type of career where once his contract expires, he goes to a team that utilizes the tight end a uh, higher volume and just explodes with that athletic ability that he has. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about before, tight end is such a position of flux that it doesn't take a ton uh, to separate you from being a middle-tier tight end two, a lower-tier tight end two, an upper-tier tight end two, or a lower-tier tight end one. And there's a lot of range of outcomes for Johnny Smith. Um, my money would be more on being a middle tier tight end too. Um, but 
he, you know, we've saw Delaney Walker have some really great years in Tennessee. So there's some opportunity there. It just depends on usage and, uh, you know, how can he make the most of the targets he's given? I mean, there's like a, only a 40 point difference between tight end seven and tight end 18. All right. So over unders for the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, QB 20, over or under, I will take the over. What about you guys? Well, you know me. I'm going to look at my ranks so Matt can go. I'm going to take the over. Oops. 20, I'm going to take the over as well. All right. ADP of 190.33, QB 25 off the board. Just ahead of them, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Are you taking Tannehill over any of those three? I'm taking him over uh, Garoppolo. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if, if San Francisco, if they just trusted Garoppolo to throw the ball 35 times a game. I'd love to see what he can do there. Uh, I forget who the other two guys you said were. Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm going to take Brady over him. Granted, this is redraft, so I'm probably taking Tannehill over Herbert as well. I would take him over uh, Garoppolo, and that's it. Uh, I wouldn't take him over any of any three of them. I yeah, no, I would not. Uh, I like Jimmy G. I think this could be. A, I don't think that offense is going to be able to run the ball they want to. I think Jimmy G is going to have to throw it. I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. So I'm going to stick with Jimmy G. After him, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, and Dwayne Haskins. Would you take any of those three over Tannehill? Uh, not according to my rankings. I would not take any of them. Yeah, neither would I. Minshew would be close for me because I do think he could throw the ball out, put up a lot of numbers, but no, take that back. I got to stick with Teddy Two Gloves because I've been hyping him up all offseason, so I will take Teddy over Ryan Tannehill. Most disappointing news of the weekend is that jorts do not prevent COVID. Ah, that is, yes, that is. But upside on that, Teddy Bridgewater said there's no Oh, I forgot what he said about Joe. Never mind. I take it back. I forgot what he said about Joe Brady. But it was very complimentary about his offense. Um, made made me more excited. Derrick Henry, RB eight in twenty twenty, over or under? Uh, got him uh, on the under. I'm gonna go under as well. I will go over because I have to continue the hate. I let the hate flow through me. It's just what I do. ADP of 16.5. He is a 12th RB off the board. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are going just ahead of him. Would you take him over any of those three? Uh, No, I'd take him over all three of them right now. I would take him over all three as well. I would take him over any of them. No, I'm just kidding. I would take um, would take him over Jacobs. Ch would be a coin flip. Not taking him over Taylor. Taylor's my guy. I've, I've been all in on Taylor. I could I couldn't do it if I wanted to. Dobbins, Eckler, and Jones after him. In all honesty, I'd take all three over him. So, what about you guys? I would take Eckler and Jones. 
I got Eckler just a couple spots behind him and Jones a couple spots behind that. So uh, according to my rankings, I'm not taking any of them over him. All right, Darrington Evans, RB30 in 2020, over or under? Over. I am also going over. I'm going slight over. I think he finishes right at about 3132. ADP of 137.67, RB48 off the board. Just ahead of him, Tony Pollard, Anthony McFarlane, and Matt Breida. Are you taking him over any of those three? I would take him over all three. I'd definitely take him over McFarland and Bria. Pollard would be a toss-up. I I think Pollard sort of depends a little bit on if you own Ezekiel Elliott, I think you're you're holding Pollard there because he has potential. Bria is an interesting situation because there's opportunity in Miami, but I'm for sure taking him over McFarland. Uh, if I don't own Zeke, I'm for sure taking him over Pollard. I'm not sure I would take him over Brita. All right. Just behind him, Marlon Mack, Darrell Henderson, and Joshua Kelly. Would you take any of those three over Evans? I'd take Kelly. I like Kelly a little more. I would take Henderson. I would not take him. A.J. Brown, wide receiver 11 in 2020. Now, I'm going to change this now because I've messed that up and was basing this off standard. A.J. Brown, wide receiver 20 in 2020, over or under? I'm going to say under by two. I'm going to say over by two. I am going to say under as well. Um, Let's see here. His ADP is 25.67, wide receiver eight off the board. Just ahead of him, Juju, DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. We all know Matt would take him over Godwin, but would you take him over Moore and Juju? I wouldn't take him over Godwin. You take that back. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm just messing. Would you take him over any of those three, either one of you? Uh, I would not take him over any of those three. I have all three of them ranked in the top 12. I'm not taking taking uh, AJ over them. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I, just, I could not see an argument for any of those three. Even if you don't think Juju's an elite wide receiver like we talked about uh, on the wide receiver episode Thursday, I, I still think I'm taking him over more. He would be the closest one for me. I'm sorry, Brown. Uh, after him, Galladay Evans and OBJ. I would – Galladay, OBJ, easy – I honestly even think Evans would kind of be easy for me as well. So I, I take all three over Brown. What about you guys? Taking, um, I'm not taking uh, – I've got Brown behind all of them. I'm taking Galladay and Evans over him for sure. Um, I probably would take OBJ. I, I just think Brown may have better long-term success. So that's probably more of a coin flip to me. All right, Corey Davis, wide receiver 60, over or under? You got to go by the heart on this one, Dennis. We didn't rank 60 wide receivers. I'm going to say over. Oh. Yeah, I I have him at wide receiver 71. Okay. I'll go so over you did not rank 60 receivers. <laughs> 
Chapter 48. I thought that was what we were doing here. So that's chapter 48. ADP of 158.17, wide receiver 66, just ahead of him, Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, and James Washington. Would you take him over any of those three? Uh, I'm going to say no. Definitely not. I agree. Uh, right behind him, Chase Claypool, Antonio Brown, and KJ Hamler. Uh, I would take Antonio Brown over him just because there's obviously a shot now with everything going on. He could come back. I know, Matt, but he's got a suspension. Maybe he could come back outside of him, though. I'm gonna take, I mean, I don't want any of them. If I could just – I'd give up my pick for free just to not take Davis or any of these three guys. But if I had to pick one out of these four, I'm going to go Brown and then probably Davis or consistently beg to trade back at this point if I could. What about you guys? Well, I'm not taking Brown, and I'm not taking Claypool. Um, I actually have Hamler a little bit behind him as well, so I'm going to take Davis over all three. Look at the emblem behind me. Hamler. Hamler. All right. All right, so we're on Jonu Smith. I already know the answer for both of you guys. Tied in 12, over or under. Over. Dennis. Yeah, uh, over. I'm going to go under, but I think he finishes right at 12, so I'm just going to hope that he squeaks into number 11. ADP of 127. Oh, hey, let, me ask, let me ask you this. So yeah. is he going ahead of Dallas Goddard? You taking Goddard or Smith? Goddard or Smith? Which Smith? Are you talking about Irv Smith? No, John New Smith. Oh, am I taking John New Smith or Dallas Goddard? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Probably Goddard. Noah Fant or John New Smith? That's actually close. Probably Fant, just because I'm not in on Judy this year. TJ Hawkinson or John New Smith? John New Smith. Interesting. I don't think that there's going to be – I think it's going to be Marvin Jones and, and Galladay. I don't think Hawkinson's going to be quite as good. I, I just don't. Dennis is just trying to preview Thursday's tight end show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you mentioned it earlier. They're not afraid to give him the ball in the backfield. We, you know, I do think that they won't be afraid to use him. I think he's going to be their second-best receiving option outside of Brown. And everybody knows Brown's their number one. And if none of us think Davis is going to step up – who else is going to do it? They can't. They can't give it to Derrick Henry if they're running fifty plays on offense. They can't give it to Derrick Henry forty-eight times. Like that, somebody else has got to step all up. Right, I take it back. Adam Humphreys is the sleeper we've all been looking for. <laughs> so I'm, I'm big on Smith. I, I really do think he's going to have a huge year. I mean, yeah, he hasn't necessarily done anything to prove that he's had a couple good games here and there. But I think the fact that Walker is finally gone from there and it's going to be John o. Smith's show for sure now. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into it. He's one of those guys that I can't quit. He's 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 had a couple years to prove it, hasn't done it, but I think this is his year. Uh, so an ADP of 127.33, uh, tight end 16 off the board, just ahead of him, Irv Smith Jr., Hayden Hurst, and Austin Hooper. Are you taking him over any of those three? Uh, I'm taking him over Hooper, and I I have Smith a couple. Be- Rank a couple spots behind him for 2020, so I'm going to take Johnny over Irv. Though I could see myself changing that. 
I take Johnny Smith over Irv Smith. I would take him over all three, but I've also stated I'm not as big on Hayden Hurst as you guys are. Uh, just after him, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Ian Thomas, and Jared Cook. I would not take any of those three over Smith. What about you guys? Nope. I'd probably take Jared Cook. All right, that'll do it for the craptastic show that is the AFC South preview. It's uh, been a lot of fun, a lot of issues we've had today. Um, you know, just is what Sweet. it is, I guess, at this point. But um, we will be back on Thursday, as, as Matt and Dennis have kind of mentioned here. We will be doing our tight ends, 1 through 20, I believe is what I put. So we're going to try and list 20 fantasy-relevant tight so ends. definitely going to do 35, 36 tight ends. Come on. For those, those tied in two, tied in premium leagues, we're going to cover you guys for sure on this one. Uh, we will also have, uh, it has been announced that the deadline for the opt-out is Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So we will have the full list of opt-outs as well. So we can definitely talk about that if obviously more big news players, big news, big name players uh, decide to opt out of the NFL season. We will, we will have that for you guys as well. Hoping we'll have Tony with us. So it'll be a nice, fun show to kind of talk and- about since the opt-out deadline is Thursday and we know it, then we will uh, live randomize the listener redraft league draft order on oh, our show yeah. on Thursday. I'll live randomize it so we can announce people. Well, what Sweet. we could do, I don't, I don't know if – oh, it's 14 teams, isn't it? Yes. Damn, you can't do it. I was going to do the, the 100-yard rush, the 10-yard rush thing that Scott Fish did for the Scott Fish Bowls. This is actually kind can of fun. you only do a max of 12? I think so, yeah. I think so. I'll I'll double check because if we can do fourteen, we can pull it up on the share screen and we can do it right here on there. So that'd be kind of fun to do. But okay, so we'll de- uh, we will be doing the uh, uh, listener league. I was trying to figure Look, out the just just watch this thing and let's get it over with. Just, let's just get out of here, guys. This has been a really great show. I hope all you guys don't rate us based on this show alone. Listen to the other ones because this has not been a great show. But we appreciate you guys guys stopping by, and we will talk to you guys again on Thursday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, they tackle him at the point. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play?